Hi there, this is Abigail and this is Peak Curiosity. I've been doing a series with a local woman who survived the Holocaust. Uh, she was actually born in Hungary. Anyway, this is part three of that series. If you haven't listened to the first two, I would definitely recommend doing that first and then coming back to this episode. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, this is not my normal thing. Normally I do interviews talking about different kinds of things from culture to religion. So anyway, that's a little bit of what you need to know for today. Please enjoy this episode and I'll talk to you soon. After the war ended in 1945, there were 7 to 11 million displaced peoples or refugees still living in Germany, Austria, and Italy. To have some of these refugees come to the United States, Truman asked Congress to enact legislation. Truman's administration, along with a lobbying group for refugees, favored allowing European refugees from World War II to enter the United States. Truman signed the first Displaced Persons Act on June 25, 1948. It allowed 200,000 displaced persons to enter the country within the next two years. However, they exceeded the quota by extending the act for another two years, which doubled the admission of refugees into the United States to 415,000. From 1949 to 1952, about half of the 900,000 immigrants that entered the United States were displaced persons. Ontario, Oregon has had a really good history of welcoming immigrants or refugees. For example, on February 19, 1942, President FDR signed Executive Order 9066, effectively ordering the internment of thousands of Japanese-American citizens and families. However, Elmo Smith, then Ontario's mayor and later governor of Oregon, called for the U.S. government to allow Japanese descendants to relocate inland to Ontario. Paired with Malheur County's desperate need for agricultural workers, Japanese Americans in Oregon were able to abandon the makeshift living quarters at the Portland Assembly Center and escape the internment camp to find jobs and a welcoming community. For our story in particular, the Bethany Presbyterian Church in Ontario sponsored Suzanne and her family with food, a home, and schooling for the whole family. I suppose we could start with you getting on the ship and coming to America and what that trip was like. Do you remember how long it took? It took a long time because we were all... Um, there were so many of us uh, trying to get out for different reasons out of all those countries. And um, it took so much time because everybody had to have kind of like a shower place. And when, when we got there, you had to strip and they would spray you. It felt like DDT <laughs> and you couldn't breathe. And then they'd spray uh -huh. you with something else so you wouldn't. Uh, pass on some kind of a disease and so it took uh, I would say at least a year before your name was called to even just go in and have have you bacterialized or some whatever <laughs> whatever that was how long was the ship ride over I think it was about uh, 14 days 14 15 days I think we were we weren't on a passenger place 
We were, I think, where they transported cattle and stuff. And so it was really poopy, you know. <laughs> it was, um, a lot of us slept on, they brought in uh, three layers of beds. The women slept in one place and the guys slept uh, e either upstairs or downstairs and we were at the opposite side. It was awful. <laughs> it was awful. Everybody oh. was, my mom got horrendously sick, seasick. And here we had all this food. We've never seen this food, you know, for years. Mm -hmm. And here they have all these foods with a big tray with different individual things that you can put in each thing. And my mom got so sick and she couldn't even stand to look at food. And she was in on her bedpost most of the time. This was in March and they brought us apples and oranges and we just thought we were in seventh heaven because we hadn't never had an orange. We didn't know what an orange was. So you said your mom was really sick on the ship ride. Yeah, she just <laughs> threw up the whole time. And my Aww. dad kept sending us up on, on top and, and uh, we were getting lemons so we wouldn't get seasick. And I don't know, someone on there thought that that was a good idea. And we tried to feed that to my mother and it was, <laughs> she just had a horrible time and she, she couldn't keep anything down. and. Um, she prayed about it, and then she would get upset about it because why am I sick? Why aren't you guys sick? I'm glad you're not sick, but why am I sick, you know, yeah. type of a thing. And, um, and the bad thing about that, there were a lot of people that were seasick. And so whenever you went up and down, you know, the, the stairs were just filthy and the... <laughs> and the the stuff that you hung on to to get up the yeah. stairs, they were just plastered with all that. And, oh it, and I just, I, I would look at those ladies, you know, cleaning up and, you know, they were, they didn't have gloves because in those days they didn't have uh, latex, you know, yeah. and stuff. And they would be trying to clean up and the, you, they'd get it about cleaned up and somebody else would just... <laughs> And the whole stairs would just, it was awful. <laughs> it was really awful. But, you know, you survive. You don't even know you're surviving, but you are surviving yeah. everything. So, Do you have any idea how many people were on that boat with you? Oh, I think about 500, I think. Wow. Yeah. And all immigrants from Europe coming to America? All sorts, yeah. There was the Jews, there was the Polish, the Czechoslovakian, the Bulgarians, somebody from most any country. Am I making you sick? <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> that just looked like a yawn. <laughs> no. <laughs> And we'd go up, my dad would send us upstairs the first thing in the morning with a lemon so we wouldn't contact getting seasick. And uh, that yeah. went on for a whole 10 days probably. Did you have any big storms? 
Yes, we did. As a matter of fact, we had such a big storm that they wouldn't let anybody out for a couple of days. So we were stuck Scary. down in there. Yes. Uh huh. What did that feel like? Well, it felt like um, it was always the boat was always moving like this. Mm -hmm. You know, you could always either jump to one side or the other because it was doing that. But then when the storms came up, you really couldn't stand up. You know, you had to be seated or you'd roll along <laughs> one bowling ball after another. <laughs> wow, that sounds so. exciting. I'm sure as kids for a while you thought it was great fun. Well, it was, you know, and, and then like we'd go out and in the morning and there'd be this beautiful emerald green water, you know, and you'd think, oh my gosh, what what makes that, that color? And then you'd go down a couple of uh, hours later and it would be coal black and, and, you know, nobody knew, had an answer why it was black and why it was dark green or emerald green and uh, the waves were on a normal day they were over the house you know like right. a two-story house it was kind of scary and and they had it all netted in so you couldn't you know climb over or go through anything so do you remember where you guys landed in america yes we landed on the island uh ellis island okay and you know, I got a chance to go back. Uh, two years ago, my daughter took me to New York City, and we went there, and I was just appalled that I I knew what this was, you know? Yeah. And, and they had, um, they probably had about 40 feet, and the top of that was all window, and we just thought that was so amazing. And when we landed there, my mom was finally feeling better, but she still couldn't eat anything. And this lady that kind of spoke different languages too, that worked there, she said, can I get you something to eat? And we all said, yes, you know, anything. <laughs> and um, so my mom wanted to eat because she hadn't eaten for so long. And she, <laughs> she said, I think I forgot how to eat because I haven't been able to keep anything down so the lady that was waiting on us um, went and got her uh, Alka-Seltzer. Well we'd never ever heard of Alka-Seltzer and she thought maybe they were p trying to poison her <laughs> because it was fuzzy <laughs> and fizzling you know and she and she said she would try and talk to the lady and of course the lady didn't know the languages my mom knew so she, she said, you know, drink, drink. And, and mom was scared too, because she was sure that there, they had poisoned her, put something in there. And so they said, you know, so she took a drink, the lady did, and she said, it's okay, it's okay. And so she gave mom some of it, and it was spritey and everything. And, and so she said, keep just all of it, all of it, you know, and she would turn it upside down, kind of to say, do that. And so mom did, and within like 20 minutes, she says, I'm so hungry, you know, and she, had, <laughs> she hadn't eaten for two weeks or more. And, um, and everything she had, she just tasted it, and oh my gosh, this is so good, and <laughs> it was wonderful. That's a cute story. 
Yeah, it is. So, how did you get from Ellis Island to Ontario, Oregon? Okay, uh, we spent a couple of nights there, and we had tickets to uh, come to Oregon, but we didn't know what Oregon was. We just knew we were in America. And so they told us what train to go to and what time it was going to take off, and we had to all be together because they said it won't wait for you, you know. And so that's exactly what we did. We uh, slept in the terminal that night, and then they brought us breakfast, and that was wonderful because we'd never had cold cereal or anything, you know, and we just thought, wow, this is something really good because it had sugar on it and everything. <laughs> and um, so after we ate, they uh, we had to go through another stall and be sprayed and um, disinfected and everything. And then uh, they gave us some new clothes, not new, but secondhand clothes. They gave me a porcelain little red riding hood with a cape and everything and I just thought oh my gosh look what I've got this is wonderful you know I never ever had gotten a toy ever and I was nine years old and um, my brothers got oh kind of a plastic uh, airplanes that they played with you know and then they put us on the train and they told us where to go but Mom wasn't sure that's what they had said because she couldn't understand American. And so we found the conductor and he said no. And he pointed to about three trains down. And so we got on there and we got off at every stop because we didn't know we weren't, we were going to go clear across the United States. Every stop, and I think it took us nine, nine days to get home, get over here. I remember the vineyards that we went through, and they were just mountains of rows and rows of grapes, and and it was just gorgeous. Mm -hmm. And then we got out west, and my mom, it scared my mom because all we saw was desert coming through, and she kept praying, and she said, oh, I just pray, Lord, that we're not going to stop here, are we? Because uh, this is de desert. This is worse than what we're coming from. We're, we're going to die out here. There's no <laughs> life. There's no nothing out here. She really panicked. And, you know, about every other day, a, a different conductor was there. So we'd get off the train, and they'd have to come, hey, hey, no, 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 not here. You can't get off here. And, and we went through a t nine days of that. And, uh, and then we got here uh, in the evening. It was about 5 o'clock, and it was very cold that day. They finally told us, you can go, you know, and we kept saying, not yet. And he said, yes, this is here. This, you get off here, you and know. And then you thought, does it have to be? here <laughs> yes yes you know mom that's what mom was thinking and so we did get off and there were about six people to welcome us from 
the Presbyterian Church in Ontario. The whole church had sponsored us. So the minister was there, and the, some of the elders were there. And there was a lady there, Estelle Kinney, and she spoke my mom's language. So she told us to, that they were going to take us to a home, and we would be that would be our home. And uh, they had food waiting for us, so let's get going is what she was trying to say. And so we got there. And there were ladies in the church, and they were, they were just wonderful. <laughs> they just welcomed us, and we didn't really know what to expect. And we went in, and they had a whole banquet of food on the table. And we just, we were just so shocked that you know, that they were waiting for us and having a meal and everything. And we sat down and my little brother came and, and sat in my lap. He said, did you see that? Did you see that red stuff? It, it wiggles. He says, it wiggles. We can't eat that. Can we eat that? No. I said, no, I don't think so. Maybe it's just there for being pretty. And it was jello. It was jello with bananas, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> and and he would touch it with a fork, you know, and it'd go, you know how Jello does. And he said, I don't think I'll have any of that. And, well, he ended up eating the whole thing just about by himself. And they had everything on there. They had potatoes and real bread and, oh, they had casseroles. And it, like I said, it was March and they had corn and Oh, it was just wonderful. Were you here with other immigrant families, or had you all gotten separated when you came to America? Uh, we had gotten separated because you couldn't really um, you couldn't really rely on anyone because you couldn't trust anybody, you mm -hmm. know. And and we didn't really we kind of watched out for each other's families, the kids and stuff, but we really couldn't get to know them because it seems like every night we were someplace else. Mm -hmm. So we didn't really keep any friendships or any acknowledgements that we met. But when uh, we got here, my folks were really interested in getting a citizenship because we were you know, we were even scared of not belonging anywhere. So they went and uh, they started a citizenship. And when they started a citizenship with a group of people in Ontario, they weren't anywhere near where we lived or anything. But there were Portuguese and Basque people and, and stuff like that. And then when we when they started really learning the citizenship for the papers, um, we found out that there were like seven families in Boise, but we didn't have the freeway, you know, so we had the, it took us three hours to get to Boise. And so uh, we found out about it. And so one person would check this out and the other person would check us out. and. And we found out that, gosh, there's about seven of us, and 
we started meeting every Sunday, you know, it'd be at our house, and then it'd be in Boise, and, and then it would be in um, Parma or someplace like that. And so uh, we just thought that was really good because they were Hungarians too, and then they were, um, some, of them, some of them were younger families than we were, and we really had, really had a wonderful relationship with them and mom and dad got their uh, citizenship papers and so did the older kids and then me and my baby brother we didn't have to we automatically if you're not 16 yet then you automatically became a, a citizen so we didn't have to go through what mom and dad went through but you know <laughs> We lived uh, across the street from a, a lady that uh, she was a teacher and she was so interested in us and she wanted to teach us um, English and everything. And so my sister was really learning quick. My mom and dad were having a hard time with, because you have so many synonyms and homonyms, you know, you don't know you don't know there's a different spelling or a different meaning for it and everything. And um, so we learned that, uh, us kids learned it really fast and um, went, we all went to school except my oldest brother and my sister. They were, um, my sister was 19 and my other brother was um, 17. So he didn't go to school or anything, but... <clears throat> But we were, you know, when we came and we went in on that banquet dinner that they had for us, we just felt like we were really important people, you know, to have all that. And uh, we've never seen any uh, anything that that much food, and especially the kids had never seen anything like that, you know, because they'd been through four or five years of war and everything. So... Were the people good to you always or just that one time? No, they were wonderful. They waited on us hand and foot. They brought us things, you know, and they brought us more of that shaking stuff, you know, and all that. And when we'd go to potluck on Wednesday nights, that's what my little brother would go around and see. Did they bring any of that red stuff? <laughs> And That's so cute. So, yeah, it was cute. <laughs> and what did your parents do to start bringing in money and more food? My dad, they were, the church had all that taken care of. He, he worked for the city and he helped clean the streets and everything and take garbage out and stuff like that. And my, my brother and my sister heard that they could get a job at Orida, so they went to work on the belt line there and had corn, you know, when the corn season was on and potatoes and onions and stuff like that. Yeah. So I think it's at Jolts and Juice in Ontario. They have photos of Main Street. Oh, from, yes. That are old black and white photos. Yes. That's what it looked uh -huh. like when you got here. Yes. Uh-huh. It looked just like that. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, 
Where did you live? We lived on Southwest 2nd Street, and the house is still there. It's two stories. First of all, I, I didn't tell you this, but they were only expecting a family of four. And, and so that they gave us a little tiny house that was right where the student Treasure Valley College is, mm -hmm. where you walk in. Well, there used to be a little house there that had a one-bedroom house, and then it had a um, screened-in porch. And w the kids slept out on the porch, and Mom and Dad got the bed. So, yeah, that was neat. Yeah. It, and, you know, it was neat because we knew we weren't scared anymore, yeah. you know. So... Was it just striking how consistently there was lots of food? Yes. Uh -huh. yeah. And mom would be so, uh, you know, she would watch what you ate, and so you ate it all. It was okay if you took it, but you had to eat it all. Mm -hmm. And if you got full, you still had to eat it, you know, because mm -hmm. <laughs> she was really particular because we were so long without it and everything. Yeah. I mean, a guaranteed, you know, sure. meal and stuff. So how did you would have been nine or ten, right? I was nine when I came here. What you can recall, how do you remember observing how the rest of your family members dealt with the memories of the war and the troubles that obviously came with it? Well, um, I think... I think we all, even mom and dad, had dreams uh, of bombings and different noises. Uh, I remember uh, the first year we were here, um, they used to spray Ontario uh, fields, you know, just outside Ontario. And I, I remember being, you know, shaking by the time they got through because... Um, we, we, that's what scared us was the, the noise of the planes and everything. And, yeah. and that's what reminded me of it. And they'd come it. real low yes, and swoop yes, down. and then go up, you right. know. Uh -huh. Yeah. And I it, remember when I was little, that was exciting. Yes, <laughs> I'm sure it was. <laughs> yeah, to us it wasn't. Right. We, we just thought, oh my gosh, the enemy is this close, yeah. you know. Wow. So. Um, your mom, you said she was really careful with food. Were they really careful with money, too? Yes, uh-huh. Uh, I remember that we just had the clothes on that we came with, you know, and we had a couple of uh, bags that had an extra coat, maybe, or a, a small blanket or something. And so when I remember my... They took my sister because she was working at Orida, and my brother... Uh, because we only had one set of clothes, so Mom would have to wash them out at night so they could wear it in the morning to work. And they uh, went and each got uh, something for Sunday and for every day. And wow. it was just really something, you know. I mean, it was, it was just awesome to think that you had something brand new that nobody else had worn before because we'd had like a half a half a well, six years of just picking up any clothes that we could find, you know. Right. So, 
So, um, did you go to high school and things like that in Ontario? Yeah, I went. I started in the first grade, and um, then I, uh, then they put me in the, in March they put me in the first grade, and then in the next September they put me in the second grade, and I only went two or three months, and then they put me in the third grade, and that's good. Yeah. Had you been able to do any learning back in Germany or learning like as as far as going to school? Yeah. No, huh? I, you know the I was about two or three when the bombs sure. started and the border to border places that we had to take. So my sister, I think, and my oldest brother, I think they went to a private school. <laughs> I'm going to hit pause right there. Next week, we will learn more about how Suzanne and her family integrated into American life, as well as her meeting her husband in high school. I will talk to you next week.